The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. I'm hoping the Big Ten has to modify their system for us. Probably like getting great 10 sandpaper rubbed on your face every day. I mean, we say it all the time, whether, you know, there's two types of turds, you're a sinker or you're a floater, but you're still a turd, right? I mean, um, we're, we're, we are about players and players playing the plays and not necessarily the plays. Welcome to the Varsity Club Podcast. My name is Derek Peterson. This is a football podcast, but unfortunately, we will not have football to talk about this weekend. Um, it sucks. Uh, I, I am disappointed in that, same as as a lot of other people. Uh, we'll, I'll get to that in a minute. I want to give a quick shout-out first to uh, our producers, Pat, who is with me right now in the Lincoln office, and then Sasha uh, for their work and, and help on this podcast, and direct all of you guys that are listening to check out the full catalog of, of Hail Varsity podcast offerings. Um, there's a ton. I joked with the team last week uh, that I was not going to be doing individual plugs anymore because there are just so many shows. So if you go to hailvarsity.com backslash network, right? Network? I think network. Um, you can view the full podcast network brought to you by Herd App Media. Um, you can pretty much get anything you want to listen to. Subscribe to my friend's podcast because they're all great. This week on my podcast, I've got Jay Kokorowski on. Uh, he covers Wisconsin for Rivals, uh, UW site, Badger Blitz. He's a friend of the pod and just he really is an all-around great guy. Um, you can follow him on Twitter at Jake Coco, uh, K-O-C-O. Um, we were going to talk X's and O's uh, and, and probably a, a big, long discussion on running the football and stopping the run. I, I was very excited about this game. Um, for that exact reason. I thought this was going to be a litmus test kind of game for Nebraska or a benchmark kind of game for Nebraska. Uh, but now we'll we'll probably end up talking about something else. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Um, before that, though, I, I, I want to... I, I want to just talk through some of the stuff that has happened uh, this week. So I don't have anybody else on the podcast with me, so it's just going to be me talking. So if you want to skip ahead, it's not going to hurt my feelings. Um, University of Wisconsin Chancellor... Rebecca Blank and A.D. Barry Alvarez uh, made the decision Wednesday to pause team activities within the football program for a minimum of seven days. Uh, and they made that decision in order to curb what they considered a troubling rise in cases within the program. Um, cases in the state of Wisconsin are exploding, but the positivity rate, last I looked, in Dane County, where the university is located, um, they're a little bit better off right now than, than even here in Lancaster County. Um, so I, I think the, the appropriate way to read this um, is, it, by all accounts, this seemed preventative in nature. So I was on the Zoom call with Barry um, and Wisconsin head coach Paul Christ on that have been Wednesday. Um, I was on Paul Christ's Zoom call Monday morning where he said he was confident that they'd be able to play. Um, obviously, things deteriorated quick, quickly. Um, Barry reiterated multiple times that this was their decision. It was not a mandated shutdown by the league. Wisconsin is in the orange-red category of the Big Ten's testing thresholds, which only means they have to consider 
the viability of playing given their situation. They are not forced to shut down. They made the decision to, to, to pause team activities for seven days. Um, and Barry was pretty adamant about that or pretty, pretty clear about that. They have publicly confirmed 12 positive test results in the team, six players and six coaches. Um, they have confirmed that head coach Paul Christ is among uh, that group of 12 that has tested positive reportedly. This has not been confirmed by Wisconsin, but reported by uh, folks in the Wisconsin media. Uh, starting quarterback or, or number two quarterback, however you want to term it, because Jack Cohn is hurt. Um, Graham Mertz tested positive on Sunday. Then he he confirmed that positive with a second positive test on Monday. Mertz's backup, uh, Chase Wolf, also tested positive. Could they have more? I don't know. On the call on Wednesday, Alvarez was awaiting his own test result and said that they had several others that were still pending. Um, it's not an outbreak, though, and I think I think they're trying to take the responsible, albeit difficult, path with this and control what they can before decisions are outside of their own control. So neither Barry nor Chris got into much detail on changes in the routine um, for the team. And they both said that they, that, that, that um, they, they weren't sure how the virus made its way onto the team. So there are internet rumors out there that I think if you look in like Jeff Patrikas's mentions, <laughs> you'll see this pop up a handful of times. There's there's an internet rumor out there, but as we've seen here locally just in recent weeks, just because somebody acts like they know uh, what they're talking about on Twitter, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're telling you the truth. I don't have the truth, so I can't and won't comment on that. Um, I would, though, Pat, like to cue up Barry's comments from the Zoom call if I could. Can you hear me? I hear you now. Okay, this is a loaded question. I mean, look, you guys fought so hard to get back here. You look great in the first game, and now this. How do you balance the safety and the frustration with man? Like, we could be a contender for the West. Yeah, it is. We were very excited about the fact that we could play. Um, and I think the most dangerous thing is – you know, being anxious to get back in, particularly, Heather, as you said, uh, personally, I think we're a very good football team. And I thought we performed very well. Uh, really impressed with the fact that we had, you know, as, as you watch games, as I've been watching college football for the, for the last several weeks, that first game, there were so many mistakes made by so many people, whether it be turnovers, penalties, et cetera. And we played such a clean game. Um, and to turn around and not be able to play or continue to practice right now uh, is very disappointing and frustrating. And I think the first thing, your natural tendency is let's get back on the field and get right back at it. But um, that's where, you know, you have to put priorities in order and make sure that our number one concern is health and safety of our athletes. And that, that's the priorities that we'll keep. All right. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate your time. So I don't believe Wisconsin is running scared from Nebraska. I don't believe that a team that won its season opener 45-7 to is afraid of a team that lost its opener 52-17. to I don't believe a team that has won seven straight games in this series 
is looking to use a pandemic as a cover to duck the game because it's afraid of losing. I don't believe that a team that has, in the last seven games against Nebraska, run for 2,533 yards on exactly eight yards a carry. I'm going to say that again. 2,533 yards in seven games on eight yards a carry. I do not believe that team is afraid of a team that allowed 5.2 yards a run in its opener. I don't believe the conspiracy stuff Conspiracy stuff that's out there. Excuse me. I just don't. Could I be wrong? I mean, sure. Could there be some plot by the 13 other schools to punish Nebraska for quote-unquote acting out this summer? I mean, if there is and it comes out, then I'll eat crow. But, like, we're not at that point yet. Here's what I'll say right now. I think the adults in the room need to start acting like adults because the kids are the only ones actually affected by this and they're really the only folks I care about right now. All of the extracurricular stuff that is going on, frankly, has been embarrassing to see. I'd like to see Brendan Hymas and Deontay Williams and DiCaprio Boodle and all the other seniors on this Nebraska football team be able to have as close to a normal season as possible because they did not ask to be put in this situation. They've had as terrible a luck as you could possibly have with the way that their Nebraska careers have gone. I'd like to see guys like Wanda Robinson and Luke McCaffrey and Adrian Martinez on the football field doing what they love because that's fun to see. I'd like to see these players who have save for a couple of walk-on hosted house parties that got the cops called, done everything that's been required of them to play, be able to reap some of the rewards for handling their business. They were told, if you do this, you can play. If you do this, we'll create a safe environment for you to play. I'd like to see the folks in the Big Ten office start embracing some accountability Zero answers from the Big Ten this week is unacceptable. The conference has time and time and time again this summer completely failed at effectively communicating what is happening. Alvarez this week provided an example of what actual leadership looked like. You don't have to like what he said. You don't have to like the decision that he made. But Alvarez in his, in his Zoom call that same afternoon that he made his decision said, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. Here's who made the decision. What questions do you have? The league office should take notes. I'm going to read a Nebraska statement we got Thursday. Quote, with the cancellation of the game against Wisconsin, we did explore the possibility of securing a non-conference game for Saturday. This is, from, this is a joint statement from Bill Moose and Ronnie Green. Quote, the discussions we had were with teams that had already implemented stricter testing protocols than those mandated by the Big Ten Conference. Those details were non-negotiable if we were to bring a non-conference opponent to Lincoln. End quote. Stick on that last line because that last line carries with it an implication that Nebraska had conversations with the Big Ten and the Big Ten said, if you do this, here's the standard you need to meet. Right? Or am I interpreting that wrong? That's what it sounds like to me. So with that in mind, I don't really understand the conference coming back and saying, yeah, no, no thanks to a game this weekend. Nebraska found an opponent that had played and had been testing and had just tested Wednesday and was cool with coming to Lincoln and was cool with giving the Big Ten a game. And the Big Ten said, no, no thanks. We're good. It lost the TV slot. 
It lost a moneymaker. It lost four hours of promos. Nebraska offered a chance to regain some of that, and the conference said, nah? Why? I, why? <laughs> I'd like to see a little more appreciation for what the student-athletes are actually being asked to go through right now. They're not normal college students in a normal time, and right now they're not even allowed to behave like the 20-somethings they are. Football, school, sleep. Don't go anywhere else. Don't see anyone else. That's really hard. Wisconsin didn't allow player families at its games. This is, this is not an easy thing that they're going through. I'd like to see the folks at and around Nebraska operate with a little more professionalism too. Professionals in this market fan the flames of conspiracy theories this week. There seems to be this thing where instead of tweeting or talking or podcasting or writing with logic, we're just looking for ways to rile up the fan base and boost engagement numbers. The poll that the Husker Sports account ran... Wednesday night was an incredibly poor taste. I, I know that account isn't associated. It's not the university. And this gets back to what I said about Moose whining about the schedule, reflecting poorly on Frost. The account is verified. The account has the Nebraska logo in it. It says Husker Sports in the name. Right or wrong, Nebraska's athletic department is associated with that. I, are, they're not happy with that. Are they happy with that? They got dragged on Twitter. And rightfully so. And, and the athletic department has had their fair share of tactless tweets this summer too. Um, they were a little too cavalier with the situation on Wednesday, I thought. The quarterback picture that was shared, it was a good troll job. But for that to be the only sound from the Nebraska football program on Wednesday... That's rough. Um, my immediate reaction was, damn, this is clever. And I tweeted <laughs> that it was clever. And then I sat and thought about it. and sat and thought about it. And I deleted the tweet. Yes, it was clever. But maybe it was not the appropriate time. This is a virus that has killed over 200,000 people in this country. Maybe don't joke. Neener, neener, your kids have it and our kids don't. Regardless of what the science says about at-risk age groups. I know people my age who have died from the virus. Chris had a Zoom call with reporters after testing positive. Frost was scheduled to meet with reporters Thursday afternoon, and that call just never happened. There was, there was no word from Nebraska's official channels that it was called off. It just didn't happen. So I, everyone on, on all sides just needs to have a little more grace for the complexities of this situation and for what others are going through, I think. What I care about right now is that Paul, Chris, and any other Badger coach with the virus makes a speedy recovery and they can get back on the field with their team. What I care about right now is that the six Wisconsin players or however many they are who have contracted the virus recover without any issues. Sports Illustrated's Ross Dellinger had a report this week that cardiologists are finding so few heart abnormalities in COVID-positive athletes that they're no longer recommending any cardiac screenings for those who experienced mild or no symptoms. That would seem to call into question the necessity of the Big Ten's 21-day sit-out rule, which is designed to give an extra week for cardiac screenings of athletes who've tested positive. So if the science has changed, I'd like to see the adults in the Big Ten's decision-making rooms adjust right along with it. What I care about right now is that the kids on Nebraska's team have the same opportunity as everybody else in the conference. If Ohio State has a game canceled, 
Ohio State does not get to schedule someone else to boost its college football playoff resume. Resume. The precedent has been set. I'd just like to see some common sense. And there hasn't been enough of it lately. So, that's the end of my monologue. Let's get to Jake. On the podcast this week, as we've had, I think this is year four with you being on the podcast. Because um, this, is, this is my fourth season. Yeah, so it would be year four. Friend of the pod. Um, best friend of the pod, I would say. Aww. Jake Kokorowski out in Wisconsin in Badger territory. Jake, how are you? Doing well, man. It's uh, been a wild week. Been a wild eight months, eight, yeah. nine months, uh, professionally, personally, all that fun stuff. But, uh, you know, I love you guys. I love y'all, uh, you know, at, at Hale Varsity, and I appreciate you having me back on. Yeah, you've had some changes going on in your personal life since we last talked. Where are you writing for now? Yeah, I'm back at Badger Blitz, uh, which is Wisconsin, uh, the rival site that covers Wisconsin. Uh, and it back as a senior writer, but, you know, I, before that I was at, for what, eight months at uh, – allbadgers.com, which was Sports Illustrated's Wisconsin channel. But uh, with the pandemic, and we were fortunate enough to to do this, but when in the Madison School District, we're now all virtual schooling until at least through this uh, the second quarter, so late January. And when we first heard it was going to be all virtual schooling for the first semester or first, yeah, first quarter, I should say, for, for my boys' school. We got three boys, two twins that are in kindergarten and a, and a third grader. That's going to be nine. And I'm still freaked out. I'm going to, I've been a dad for nine years. And just my wife and I had a t- talk and I needed to step down from some things and focus on the family to make sure that the boys were, were taken care of with uh, some new requirements and whatnot. And that's where I, I've, I've gone from there. And if you hear my boys in the background, that's what you'll probably hear from me there. Uh, you know, just be being a, a teacher's aide slash part-time sports reporter, sports writer. So, so you have been taking part in virtual schooling. So we, we can expect you to maybe transition into like a journalism professor role, like teacher in your near future. <laughs> You know, if that if it comes to that, I I'd I'd, I'd love to talk. Uh, I'm always there for the young reporters. Uh, you know, I actually wasn't a, a J school guy either. I was a com arts at UW. I graduated from Wisconsin UW Madison. Oh, really? With, yeah, with yeah, with the BA in communication arts, which was TV, radio, and film. So podcasting uh, kind of came up my alley. You know, video editing, which I'm still not good at, but hey, you know what? I'll do it here and there. Um, but yeah, I kind of just, you work your way up the ranks and you, you learn like Bucky's fifth quarter where I was at before, where this all started, kind of took me on that, that path and um, just lots of writing, lots of getting better at writing. And, but I'm, I'm all for it though. I'm I will, all for the, I will say, I think there's only a select handful of people in, in the country that are actually good at video editing. The rest of us just kind of make it up as we go. Absolutely. Um, You kind of mentioned it off the cuff. We're going to talk about it. We were going to have a football game. We were going to be able to talk X's and O's. I was really excited about this football game. I thought Nebraska, um, I don't know, they had a chance. Well, you know, <laughs> as, as much of a chance as, as you could predict for a team coming off of a 30-point loss against a team coming off of a 30-point win where the quarterback only threw one incompletion. Like, this whole week has been kind of a roller coaster of you know, from Nebraska's perspective coming out of it, it was, hey, you know, yes, they lost to Ohio State. Yes, it was 52-17. to 17. It wasn't good. It wasn't the margin that anybody wanted. But Nebraska felt good about the way that it performed, particularly in the trenches. 
that's very important when you play Wisconsin because Wisconsin <laughs> knows what it is and Wisconsin's going to run it on you and they're going to play stiff defense in the front seven. Um, and then, and then you know, we find out that Graham Mertz has tested positive. He has a second positive test that confirms it. He's going to be out 21 days. Then Wednesday, the game gets gets canceled, gets called off. Wisconsin has has paused team activities for a minimum of seven days. Where are you at right now with everything that has gone on? Like mentally, where are you at? <laughs> Exhausted. Um, yeah, is a good word. Um, trying to. Um, when, when you started to hear the reports come out from like the Milwaukee journal Sentinel, uh, as of was, was it Sunday, if, it, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Sunday night with Graham. Uh, yes. Yeah, Sunday night with Jeff Patricus, a good colleague of mine, uh, from the journal Sentinel. Uh, and then you're hearing the, you know, the Wisconsin state journal, t- you know, t- you know, also, you know, talking, having their reports and just things swirling and you're trying, you know, we're trying to run around. I'm also being a dad where, um, you have, I'm also trying to take care of my boys. Uh, so you're also, but you're also trying to see, you know, what else you're trying to find, find out uh, and what you're hearing from others. And so that's, what's been really, uh, it's been mentally exhausting there. And, uh, you know, but just trying also, you know, people wanted to have, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Derek. Can you, oh, this is the last time, buddy. What's up? Can you check my three things? Um, I'll trust you. You can submit it. Okay. You, got, you can go play some Nintendo switch now. <laughs> dad of the year right i vote we leave this in the podcast i vote we leave this in the pod. that was incredible <laughs> i didn't come off too stern did i no um, that was that was wonderful okay. the woo at the end when you said go play nintendo switch was the best part that brought back that brought back memories not gonna lie that's what that's my go-to when it comes to uh any, anytime basketball availability or football availability if they're like if they're on lunch break i tell them right away just, you know, hey, you know what, uh, go downstairs and play. If it's the end of the day for availability, we're going to have Switch for you. Uh, you've, you've earned it, you know. I mean, virtual schooling is just tough, too. Yeah. And, it's you know, it's taxing on parents. It's taxing on the kids, the, the teachers, the staff, the aides, et cetera. So it's like it's kind of a – we've kind of – I'm not trying to use that as a go-to every time, but they deserve it. They earn it. Um, but, you know, back to your question with just, you know, trying to figure out just, you know, confirming reports or trying to, you know, see, you know, what's next, et cetera. It's been, you know, it's, I won't say daunting, but it's just been, you know, just trying to piece everything together and figure out, you know, if the reports are true and, you know, then you heard the news yesterday uh, and that was big breaking news. And, you know, I was supposed to have lunch with a couple of friends and it turned into a working lunch session where, uh, you know, like they had, they went out of the room and I had to, you know, I think you were there too. We jumped on the virtual zoom call with, uh, you know, Wisconsin athletic director, Barry Alvarez and uh, head coach, Paul Christ, who Wisconsin confirmed had, you know, tested positive for COVID-19. It was wild that, uh, Chris talked twice this week and once after being confirmed positive if Scott Frost tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, I don't think we'd hear from him for months. Serious? So, well, I mean, <laughs> we were supposed to, we were supposed to talk to him uh, Thursday morning for a regularly scheduled check-in and uh, that was canceled and we were never told that that was canceled. It just kind of didn't happen. So... Gotcha. Yeah, two interesting contrasting styles. Um, for, from Wisconsin's standpoint, like you, it's got to be like crashing down off of a high, right? Talk to me about what you thought of their first game. 45-7 win over Illinois. Graham Mertz looks wonderful. 
the run game everybody was thinking was going to be a little bit rebuilt with without Jonathan Taylor and having to replace some pieces on the offensive line. And then Graham Mertz comes out and is like, okay, cool. We're going to throw the ball and be really good at that now. Yeah, Air Mertz. Uh, you know, Wisconsin going air raid is a joke. Uh, Where what? Who is this? You know, and it was. You know, I wasn't at the stadium, but you know, I'm. You know, Ben Wargles uh, got the credential for us up in the press box for Badger Blitz uh, just because of restrictions and you know, obviously trying to keep distance and etc. Or else I would have been back up there for mm-hmm. uh, another year. Uh, I may still be depending upon what goes on uh, down the road, but it's a. You see, just with uh, the potent quarterback. And I think Jack Cohn could have made some of those throws too. I think Illinois defense looking at what they did, like you saw Jake Ferguson wide open twice. Uh, and you saw, uh, you know, you did see Mertz have some great passes, right? Where he, the touch on the first touchdown pass to uh, Mason Stocky, the fullback. And then you also had him on that strike to Jake Ferguson down the middle uh, in that first half. And then of course the deep throw, from uh, to Danny Davis at the end of the first half. And you saw everything that we saw at times during, we didn't get a chance to watch obviously spring ball or fall camp this year, but last year in 2019, when he was a true freshman, you saw the accuracy 20 to 21 passes breaking the school's all time record uh, for single game completion percentage, five touchdown passes. You saw the, the strength of the arm. You saw the ability to put touch on there, accuracy, et cetera. So you saw, and people, you know, took note, obviously nationally people took notice of Graham Mertz as well. And you know, that's not, like I said, it's nothing taken away from Jack Cohn who has emerged as a leader of this team uh, in a locker room, but also, you know, has very good tangibles and, you know, has decent arm strength and, and the ability to make teams pay uh, through touch, you know, great touch on his passes too. But you saw just, what a lot of people have been hyped up about for a player that was a top 50 player in the 2019 class out of rivals. But you, you also look at someone like, you know, you look down there and then you start seeing the reports and yeah, it's a, it's a come down and you start seeing, Oh, he test you know, did he test positive? Oh, you know, and people are starting getting, you know, that, that those reports start coming out. Um, and then you kind of go look at, Oh, well, maybe you know, if this is this true chase Wolf and chase Wolf's not a bad quarterback either. He's a, you know, three-star signal caller out of the Cincinnati area. I thought he was the most dynamic quarterback they had or, or the most versatile, I should say, probably, in my opinion, just because of he had a strong arm. He could throw it from multiple angles. We saw that last spring uh, camp and, and last fall camp for that matter. But he also has mobility where he could beat you a little bit with his, uh, his feet, his legs. And then next thing you know, we hear a report about <laughs> Chase Wolf uh, from Jeff Patrika saying that they – uh, that he missed practice. And then, you know, those reports from both him and from the Wisconsin state journal had said that, you know, they, they had tested, you know, positive uh, for COVID-19. So it, you know, a lot of things started coming down like, Oh, okay. There's a four string quarterback. Well, he's also one of the best prep quarterbacks ever to come out of the state of Wisconsin, uh, you know, and whatnot, but it, it's just been a constant kind of, uh, kind of coming down after of, you know, Barry Alvarez talked about how much he, he thought this team was, was going to be good during yesterday's press conference. And so now you wonder just, you know, will they be able to suit up player? Will they, you know, after this pause, you know, they didn't even talk about just looking ahead to Purdue. They're trying to say, you know, both Barry Alvarez and, and I think Paul Chris both said, let's just focus on this, these next seven days and go from there. They didn't look ahead saying, Oh yeah, we'll be fine for Purdue. They didn't ever said that they were saying, let's tackle. We need to tackle in these seven days to make sure we have that opportunity. So um, it's definitely going to be interesting. What's going to happen the next week uh, in terms of what happens with Wisconsin Purdue. And uh, but it's, yeah, it's been a very much a, a high and it, 
came crashing down pretty quickly uh, with a lot of the hype and people, you know, being really excited for what this team could do. Yeah. I thought that question from Heather Dinich was really, really good. Uh, that <clears throat> the answer that you were just referring to from Barry Alvarez came, Heather Dinich asked him, um, she, she was like, this is a loaded question, but you guys were really good. How do you, how do you balance or how do you weigh wanting to watch your football team play versus also having to be responsible? I thought that was a really good question. And Barry obviously had, um, the responsible answer what so Mertz was I want I want to stick with the this first game real real quick because I'm going to build towards something in a second Mertz was really good and it kind of I guess eased what was not a very good running game now I didn't watch the game I'm just looking at the box score so I'm gonna I, I can say that you feel free to disagree with me you watch the game they averaged they, they ran it fifty four times for three point four yards a carry. How would you how did you assess the running game after week one? That's not Wisconsin. That's not no. And I mean I knew that there's gonna be some obvious drop off when you have a, a living legend like Jonathan Taylor, right? Uh Jonathan Taylor. Six thousand career yards, two time Duke Walker Award winner and two time Big Ten uh running back of the year. He and on top of that too, I think even more, I mean, there's talent in that running back room in my opinion, but, and I'll get to them in a second, but like you're also replacing three starters on the offensive line. And yes, Josh Seltzner and Caden Lyles both uh, started four games last year, but Lyles is sliding into Tyler Biotish's spot and Biotish is now with the Dallas Cowboys starting there for Mike McCarthy's team. But you also had David Mormon and Jason Erdman who both, you know, started many games last year. And they, towards the end of that year, they, you know, they really started solidifying just what they could do running the ball. Like, you know, when they're running for 300 yards per game against Nebraska, against Purdue, against Iowa, like they did, those guys were all, they were in the interior line there. And so it, you're, you're having Joe Rudolph had to figure out the best five pieces still. And this is a, and honestly too, this is times where, unprecedented where you didn't have your normal fall camp to figure it out. You didn't have your spring ball to figure it out. Uh, you do have a returning John Dietzen too, where he played on the left side of the line, you know, for the first, you know, five years, four or five years that he was here. But then, you know, he took last year off cause he retired, you know, he basically retired in February with due to the, he mentioned, you know, injuries, he came back and, you know, he's kind of locked down that, he had the right guard spot. So there's still the offensive line still is in flux. I think in terms of just locking down and, you know, Illinois, I would say probably still out against the run a little bit more, obviously to try to stop that. Cause if Wisconsin gets their play action really, really going uh, off the run game, that's big. But uh, you know, you, I thought, and Colton Bartholomew from the Wisconsin state journal mentioned this. I thought this in terms of patience with the run game, you saw Garrett Groshek kind of have that patience with the ground game. He's a redshirt senior, former walk-on uh, former high school quarterback uh, for that matter. And depending upon how the numbers are for Wisconsin's quarterback room. Uh, but he, you know, he showed a lot of patience and, but, you know, I'm still interested to see what else Nakia Watson can do and Isaac Garendo can do. Cause he, you know, Watson averaged under three and a half yards per carry. Same thing with Garendo. And so those three are supposed to be the big time backs. I know they have Jalen Berger, who's going to be a four-star running back down the road, you know, who I think, you know, has real big potential, not just running the ball, but catching the ball out of the backfield. But 
you know, they do need to sure things up, you know, blocking wise, uh, I think. And then also uh, just against, you know, the backs, I think this need to show a little bit more that way. I think they can do it, but you know, it's, it, there was going to be a drop off. I didn't know how much it would be. And you know, the biggest improvement will be from week one to now week, whenever Wisconsin plays. Yeah. Um, Wisconsin as a program and this coaching staff in particular, I think that they've earned the benefit of the doubt and, and they have the cachet that you would expect them to, to figure it out as the season goes on. Um, and, and I think you can say the same defensively, like they lost Chris Orr and Zach Bond, two big pieces of the defense last year, but they only gave up seven points in the opener to Illinois. So <laughs> things things were things were working on that side of the ball. This is going to be a leading question because I think we're both in agreement on what the answer is. Was Wisconsin scared to play Nebraska? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. Yeah, it is a despite even if they had to go down to another player. Uh, go down to their fourth string quarterback. I, you know, I don't, there's no way that they'd be scared in my opinion. I, I think the way this season is, and I know that the NCAA has that thing about the extra year of eligibility if they wanted to, but I think this is going to be a lot of the final years for someone like Cole Van Lannen, who should be the next Wisconsin offensive lineman being drafted in the NFL. Eric Burrell back in August, who's you know, one of the star safeties for the team mentioned that he didn't know it would take him a lot of convincing if, you know, to come back for 2021 because it would have been a sixth year. And so I think with Wisconsin, I I don't, you know, and plus Barry talked about how much he liked his team and, you know, and going back to Heather's question about that. And so there's no way, uh, you know, they're going to play, they want players to have the opportunity to play. And and I don't, and if that, if it wasn't for the, the number of cases, like Barry mentioned um, with players and staff, you know, We'd be talking about, like I said, right now we'd be talking about how the teams match up and, you know, what Wisconsin could be, you know, could do in Lincoln with no fans and really not a lot of fans in Memorial Stadium and uh, going from there. But now it's, it, Wisconsin, you know, they're going to try to let their, in my opinion, try to let their players play whenever the opportunity gets a chance to and, and not let up after everything that's happened with having the Big Ten season be changed this summer and then six days later cut out from underneath them and then brought back weeks later. I don't think there would have been a way. There's no reason why, you know, Wisconsin, there's no way that they'd be scared. They want the players to play in my opinion, as many games as they can this year. And I can hear, I can, I can, I can feel people that might be listening to this that would be like, well, then why did they cancel the game? Because it was the responsible thing to do. Right. And I think that's the biggest thing too, where, I mean, you talk about like I'm, I'm talking to you right now. I'm looking at you right in the face, and I'm also looking at my Google Doc of transcribing and just the biggest thing. And you know, like they, you know, they twice Barry used a similar phrase of they want to get their arms around this, right? Get our arms around this is how we said it, and you know, in control. That's you know, similar wording for a couple of the questions that you know that were asked, which were most of them were very similar in the, on that call yeah. uh, on Wednesday. But it is something where. For Wisconsin, you know, you know, they wanted to do the responsible thing. And, you know, and I think that goes up. And I even, you know, hearing from, I mean, there's been, I think, tweets from various Wisconsin beat writers like Jeff Patricus, others, you know, and it's something I agree with too. You know, what if someone's, you know, test negative and then eventually does and then it carries over to the game? What if, uh, you know, a, a big time player for Nebraska? whether under center or in the shotgun, I should say, or, uh, you know, they did some under center stuff. You're not off there. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) 
They, they show um, some I formation stuff. I, I'm just having some. I'm having flashbacks to to looking at some of the defensive alignments last year and, and just seeing Adrian Martinez run for 47 yards uh, on that end. But it's just one of those things where uh, you have, you know, what if some, you know, just star players, you know, for Nebraska. What, what if that is a domino effect, right? With with this and just the protocols that they have, because then they're gone for 21 days for a 21 day protocol. Yeah. Uh, and, and goes, you know, it goes full, you know, it basically is, you know, that's how it goes. It's a chain. Uh, and so I, I personally, I believe it was, you know, I think it's the right thing to do if they, you know, within that orange red designation that part of the protocol states, you know, they, those officials have the, the right to talk about that. Um, and I think it, it's going to be good for not just Wisconsin to get healthy, but I think it's good for Nebraska to continue this season after this game. Cause then you don't have to, you know, even though there's the daily antigen testing, you're still, in my opinion, you have that, uh, you know, you don't have to worry about that down the road, especially if let's say next week you have more tests for Wisconsin yeah. uh, that pop up. So um, I think it's a safe and responsible thing to do for sure. And this too, this impacts their um, standing as it relates to the big 10 West title race, right? Like what, what does this do for them in terms of, this is a complicated um, thing that the Big Ten has laid out, and it's not. It's uh, Brandon Vogel used a phrase on his podcast that I'm going to borrow. It's clear as mud with the Big Ten right now. Ha, ha, do you have any clarity, or have you kind of looked at this and kind of sussed out like what happens for them with the Big Ten West division title race, losing a game? Like if they lose the Purdue game, then then what happens? Right. No, and I, I mean, I haven't had a real chance to really even dive in yet, uh, to be honest with you. I, I mean, it's, it's one less game for Wisconsin to, I think one just in general for Wisconsin players having one less game this season to play in, in what's been a very, un, I know the word I think in 2020 is unprecedented, uh, but that's one thing. Uh, but also, uh, it's also another game where I, I think part of it is um, the margin of error for whenever they do play again will be less. Uh, depending upon, I mean, Wisconsin, I think if, first off, if I'm not mistaken, Derek, they, isn't it six games is the minimum for big 10 teams to play, to be considered for the championship game. Yeah. And then if, and then if they're under six for them to be considered like the average number of games played for other teams in the league has to be below six as well. Yeah, it's it's, yeah, it's it's weird. It's strange. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, there's a lot going on with it, and so like I still have to like wrap my arms around that. If I'm, if I borrow a phrase from Barry Alvarez, but also Gary Anderson used that way back when in 2013 and 2014. But that's a different story. Um, I still have to like dig deep into that, but it does I think affect just I think margin of error. Yeah. Um, a loss hurts a little. You know, could hurt more um, depending on the number of games. Uh, I, I think. Uh, It'd just be really interesting to see just how this all plays out uh, coming up. And just, uh, I think the big mark for Wisconsin is like, will they be able to play next week uh, where it depends on what, when Paul is back allowed on the sidelines. Cause he mentioned it's 10 days quarantine on his end mm-hmm. uh, for the team. But um, it really will be interesting just to see what comes out down the, you know, coming up where in terms of if there are any additional cases, um, who would be out, who's ready to step up uh, and go from there. Have they confirmed, when, when we were on the call, Barry said that they were still waiting. They had a couple of test results that were pending. Have they confirmed any more positives? Or 
They haven't sent anything else out to us today as I'm doing a quick check of my email, uh, trying to be a multitasker here yet. I have not seen anything else regarding, uh, I know in the way that you mentioned it, they were saying, Barry had mentioned that, um, they believe they they had one positive test. He says, I believe it was Wednesday prior to the game. Mm -hmm. Since the game, we've had 12 positive tests, um, that was in his first question to Colton from the state journal. Uh, and, but yeah, he said like, we do have a couple that are still pending. That was the third question in that press conference. And uh, we have not heard anything. I have not heard anything back in terms of how many is, you know, if he says a couple, if it's actually two or, you know, if that's just a, a figure of speech, if, you know, depending on how many tests there are. So I don't know exactly the, the exact number, you know, a couple mean normally means two. And I, we have, I have not heard any of the results back. Okay. Definitely a situation to keep monitoring. Well, um, you've got you've got stuff you got to do, so I want to be respectful of your time. I got one more question for you. If this you game had been played, what do you think we would have seen? Who would have won? What, what do you think it would have been competitive, or do you think it would have been a double, another double digit win for Wisconsin? And what would have been eight straight wins in this dumb series? Um. Okay. Quick qualifier: Are you talking about Mertz under center, Mertz or Wolf under center? Or are you talking about if they're if Mertz and Wolf would would have both been out? <sighs> Do we want to just say, like, in a perfect world, like everybody's healthy and playing? I I kind of do because I don't I don't okay. think Nebraska gains anything from a forfeit. I don't think Nebraska gains anything from beating Wisconsin without like a movable body at quarterback. Yeah, so let's say perfect both world. teams are fully healthy. Nobody has COVID test outs. Okay, so yeah, so if and like I said, and just to like make sure everybody knows too, like when when we talk about the reports, like you know. UW has not confirmed anything. UW in a statement said they would not confirm any athletes with that. So the reports about Graham Mertz and Chase Wolf are reports right now, according to the state journal and the Milwaukee journal Sentinel there. So, uh, but in a perfect world, um, I think was if, if they had Mertz, I think with what they showed, it was going to be tough in, in Lincoln anyways. I, I do think Nebraska's improved and I didn't get a chance to watch the Nebraska Ohio state game. I wanted to, if the game would have happened, I probably would have like watched at some point uh, between everything in terms of just trying to see what Nebraska did more. Uh, but, you know, seeing the score, even at like near halftime where how they're putting up a fight in Columbus, I, you know, I think it would have been a tough fight uh, for Wisconsin to, to rip off a, an eighth straight win. But you see what Mertz did against Illinois and with Nebraska having two players out the first half, I think Wisconsin in the receiving game could have, done some things there. I think they would have won. Uh, I'm not trying to be a homer by any stretch folks. I promise you uh, that that's long past me now, uh, even though I am a graduate of UW, but I think with Wisconsin and, and what they've done offensively, I think they could have expanded that passing game even further. I think I would have seen more improvements out of that run off the rushing game uh, in terms of, I think there are things that could be cleaned up from Watson and Garendo for that matter uh, in, in the run game for from the backfield defensively, the key matchup Derek would have been, in my opinion, just could Wisconsin contain the Nebraska running at Russian attack last year. I mean, I watched it. I wasn't able to make it out to Lincoln, but you know, you saw it too, though, you know, 273 yards rushing for the, for the Huskers against Wisconsin last year. And you saw Diedrich Mills go for what 11 yards per carry. Adrian Martinez would have had over a hundred yards. If not, the, if the sacks didn't count towards his toll, um, Wisconsin 
I thought they did a good job clamping down on the rushing attack outside of Brandon Peters uh, getting outside and having 75 yards uh, last week for Illinois. So, I mean, I think that would have been if Wisconsin clamps down there, I'm really high on Wisconsin secondary this year with Caesar Williams and Rashad wild goose. I think, you know, has locked down corner capability too. And Fionn Hicks and a a state, you know, three man safety group that are all starting capable. Um, But if Wisconsin would have clamped down on that, the Russian attack, which I think Nebraska would have gotten some stuff from Martinez McCaffrey and Mills. uh, But if they would have contained them just enough, I think Wisconsin would have came out of there with a victory. I think it would have been close. I think it's closer than people thought. I think what was it, the opening line I thought I read by one of the sites was 10 and a half mm-hmm. uh, heading into the week. I think it would have been probably right around 10 to between 10 to 14 points. I think it might've been, you know, I'll probably say a nine point win just because I don't think Wisconsin would have covered, but I think Mertz in the, I mean, Mertz is the real deal whenever he is able to return. And so that's going to be, you know, I think it, Cone, I think, is the same thing for a quarterback, but with Mertz, you saw what was on display, and uh, he led the offense aerially when uh, the run game was was dormant or just staggering a little bit. Uh, I think that would have continued in Lincoln. Mertz just has like that excitement factor that you don't, or at least that I didn't get with Cone. So he just has that kind of yeah. that that it factor that's hard to quantify and hard to to point to it's an eye test right where i mean even with cone like cone was just so how do i yeah with with the way cone is i mean he's a leader of the team like he's got the full respect of the team in terms of how he's a leader um and you know and many talked about that um you know after the after his injury um you know cone throws an accurate pass he's got a strong enough arm for a deep out you saw that from mertz on a third down by the way uh to Kendrick Pryor where he just gunned it. Um, but, you know, like, but, you know, it's nothing, I don't try to take away from Cone as much where not just being a leader on the field, but he, what he does, you know, or off the field, I should say, but on the field, you know, he's got some good intangibles. I think he's a little bit more mobile than Mertz uh, through in my eyes. That's why you saw like the read options that he ran um, a few times last year. He had two rushing touchdowns. One was a keeper, but um, a goal line keeper, but another one was a read option that he took in for a touchdown uh, against the Buckeyes too uh, in December. So he, he brings a lot to the table too, but Mertz kind of had just fans were hyped after the 2019 all American bowl, after he threw five touchdown passes in that prep all-star game, he had five touchdowns in his first, you know, you know, first game as a starter that just took the hype train to this whole new level. Uh, and now that it's grounded, it'll be interesting to see just one, when he's able to return and, uh, two, when Wisconsin will be able to play next. I watched some cut. I didn't watch the game live, but I watched some cutups and, and I got kind of flashbacks to, I want to say it was like 2012 or 2013, like that start to RG three's season at Baylor where he threw oh. like the first three or four games or something like that. He had more touchdown tosses than incompletions. And it's like, sometimes you get a game where a guy's 20 for 21 and it feels gimmicky. And sometimes you get a game where he's 20 for 21. And it's like, Oh damn, he did some stuff. That's yeah. That's the one that it felt like the latter. Um, so the, the I, big I'm, thing with that though, too, I mean, like they really did a good job of with Wisconsin, like, starting him off easy with passes. Like some of those, like his, you know, like his first touchdown pass was a granny put great touch on it. And, you know, it was good touch accurate, but you know, it was a 10 year touchdown to stocky out of the backfield, you know, starting off easy passes are like screen passes out uh, to, I think one was to Garrett Grosha, if I'm not mistaken. And to Jack Dunn, who's one of the, the, you know, in the two deep for wide receiver, just small passes, getting them in a rhythm. 
and Paul, Matt, Paul, Chris is a, he's to me, he's underrated just because of just how he can scheme well. And he knew how to, you know, get the quarterback, a young quarterback who may have that it factor, but that little worries here and there. Um, you know, I think he makes great, just, you know, he made great plays because he was able to get in that rhythm and get set. And Chris did a great job on that at that end. Sure. You got some stuff to do. I think you got, you said you got basketball stuff you got to do. Yeah, basketball. Yeah, there's basketball going on, guys. Uh, it's, yeah, I got basketball at uh, four, uh, four central time here and uh, talking some, uh, I, know, I mean, talking about expectations, not just for football after how, what they did this past week, but look what, you know, uh, Greg Gard and his team, like, you know, five, you know, starting five that are, I think they're all seniors, some, if not mistaken. They should be a top 10, top 15 team at the absolute least and in a stacked big 10 for that matter. And um, it's going to be busy. Uh, and hopefully we're all able to cover both sports going forward with everything that's going on in this world. Hopefully. Yeah. I mean, stay safe. Hope the family stays well. safe. Thanks for coming on the podcast this week. Thanks, bro. No, thanks for having me. Anytime y'all need me, I'm always here for you. And uh, y'all take care and be safe as well. Sorry we couldn't talk more X's and O's, but this was fun. The The ending was a little cathartic, so to speak. So. That was cool. All right, man. Take care. Appreciate you, brother. Shouts to Jake Kokorowski um, for jumping on the podcast this weekend. Really appreciate. Anytime I get to talk to him, it's always fun. And uh, shout out to him for <laughs> taking some time away from the kiddos. The his his kid coming in was like one of my favorite moments that we've had on the podcast. So that was cool. Um, we'll be back next week with another podcast. We're still gonna have content on HaleVarsity.com this weekend, even though there's no football game. Nebraska State playoffs. Uh, at least at this, the C1 level, which I will be out in Kearney on Friday for that. Uh, they begin this weekend. So, plenty of, of coverage. Keep reading HaleVarsity.com. Keep listening to the, the network of Hale Varsity podcasts. Subscribe to all of them. Listen to Chris Schmidt on the radio. And uh, we'll be back next week with another podcast. Thanks, guys. Huda Media Production.